Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parsha Dva'era, and God appeared to, guess who? We'll start with a brief recap. God heard Moshe's complaint last week that things had gotten worse for the Israelites, so God says, okay, real talk, Moshe, let's get to know each other. I'm yod heh vav I had a relationship with your ancestors, and now I am going to redeem the Israelites, and it's going to be awesome. The Torah then lets us know Moshe's lineage, so we know how he fits into the family tree. Then God continues by telling Moshe how to put the big plan into action. God warns Moshe that Pharaoh is going to refuse some more, but then eventually God will do wondrous things and the Israelites will be free. So Moshe and Aaron head back to the palace where they exchange magic tricks with Pharaoh's people. Then God turns the water to blood and makes frogs appear. Pharaoh is not happy and says, if you make it stop, I'll let you go. So Moses does, but then Pharaoh changes his mind. So Aaron brings about plague three, which is lice, and the magicians of Egypt are seriously impressed. But Pharaoh isn't so on to plague four, which is wild beasts, which destroy everything except the area where the Israelites live. Pharaoh then tries to make a compromise saying, okay, you have to be slaves, but you can go do stuff for your god temporarily, but that is a definite no-go. So plague five comes and kills off all the cattle, then plague six comes and gives the Egyptians horrible boils, at which point God sort of taunts Pharaoh saying, those dead cows could have been you. Immediately we get plague seven, which is horrible hail, which is actually like ice balls filled with fire and it kills all the trees. At which point Pharaoh says, I have sinned, God is great, get out of here, just make this fiery ice ball doom stop. So Moses does and then Pharaoh changes his mind again. Dun dun dun, another cliffhanger. This Parsha has a real sense of foreboding in it, where like, we know that things are bad, but we also know that for sure the worst is yet to come. But it also has some humor in it, which I think is intentional. The first few plagues especially are things that none of us wants to deal with, but fundamentally they're just kind of uncomfortable. Things like having frogs everywhere, getting lice. To which the ancient sage Rabbi Akiva says, I see your ridiculous plagues and I raise you one even more ridiculous midrash. He looks at the verse describing the infestation of frogs and he notices that actually the Torah doesn't say frogs in the plural, it says just frog in the singular. And he says, nope, that's not a typo. That's actually what happened. There was just one massive frog and it plopped its huge squishy frog body down all over all of Egypt and it sat there until Moses sent it hopping off. Now, I share this with you in part because this makes me laugh every single time I think about it. And I think part of Rabbi Akiva's lesson is to look for the absurd in moments of challenge. But I also think that he's making a deeper point about justice, that the absurdity of the plagues is not some random retribution, but a commentary on the absurdity of slavery. In education, we talk about giving appropriate consequences for kids instead of punishments. So for example, if a kid causes a mess, they shouldn't be given a timeout as a punishment. They should be given the appropriate consequence of cleaning up. I see Rabbi Akiva's Midrash on this commentary, on this frog thing, as a commentary on the plagues as being appropriate consequences for Pharaoh and the Egyptians for participating in the enslavement of the Israelites. They tried to do something absurd by oppressing another people out of an imagined fear, so they will be beset with absurd imaginative things like giant frogs and uncontrollable lice. And then, as the plagues progress, the Egyptians will begin to experience more fear and suffering, appropriate to the fear and suffering that they continued to impose on the Israelites. 
So next week, when we read about the final plagues, we might want to question Rabbi Akiva's paradigm of appropriate consequences, because I'm not sure that murder is ever an appropriate consequence. But for now, I want to offer Rabbi Akiva a blessing of gratitude for his reminder that we should be proportional in our responses, unafraid of a little silliness, and of course reminded that oppressing another person or peoples is an absurdly unfair, unjust thing to do. See you next week.